What's up, everybody? This is Kieran. This is episode three of The Imperfect Me. Um, hopefully, you'll notice a little bit better audio quality as uh, I won't be walking um, in my home office, still recording through my iPhone, um, but there shouldn't be as much um, background noise or any other distractions. So, in this episode, um, you know, so, well, going back a second, the, the first two episodes, if you happen to listen to those, were really just more about me, um, the why, you know, my issues, what I'm looking to accomplish, you know, just, just a lot of the details about why I'm starting this. Um, so if, if you haven't listened to those first two episodes, they're only less than 30 minutes each, um, it'll give you a better sense of who I am, um, you know, and, and kind of my, why I have certain perspectives on certain things. So, uh, the third episode, um, this episode, really, I wanted to dive into sort of the, um, and, and sort of the general format I'm, I'm going to attempt is each of these little episodes, which should be less than 30 minutes each, covering a specific topic, um, at least for the most part. And, and this one is about anxiety. Anxiety is a broad term. Um, it's different for everybody. Um, you know, there's, there's a million different ways to look at it. I'm going to kind of give my history with it, my coping mechanisms, my, you know, just my every day with it. Um, you know, and, and I think that anxiety, um, is something that it's, it's, it's not easy to talk about, especially in the sort of male, you know, you know, sort of that, that male dominated, that, that sort of, uh, tough, you know, tough guy mentality, right? It's like, well, I, I don't want to admit that I'm afraid to do whatever. I don't want to admit that I'm anxious, whatever. Um, that's, that's a part of it. And I think talking about it and understanding that it's a part of everyday life is, is important so that it doesn't dictate your life. Right. And, and I think that's really my story. Right. Anxiety for what almost probably 30 years really had a, a, a significant, you know, uh, hand in what I did, what I didn't do, how I lived. And, and that's that's exhausting. Anxiety is exhausting. Right. So uh, let me kind of give you my history of it. So um, and I will say, <coughs> excuse me. I will say that um, I, I, I don't think I've ever been like, you know, from, uh, let's say the first 20 or so years of my life, I, I wasn't ever a fearless kid. I wasn't, you know, uh, that brave. I think I was, um, you know, cautious, right? I, I didn't suffer from anxiety as you would define it, um, you know, as a kid, right? Um, and I've seen anxiety as a kid. My son has dealt with anxiety, um, significant anxiety, especially when he was younger. Um, and so, you know, I know that what anxiety as a kid looks like, and that wasn't me. Um, I mean, I was cautious, right? Like I was, uh, you know, like a normal, right? Anything you wouldn't say that, okay, this kid, you know, whether I'm, you know, 10 and under 15, whatever age, um, I wouldn't say that I was anxiety filled. Um, I had a lot of anxious situations. I have a lot of fear when it came to like school. I was significantly bullied, right? Like, but that's a little bit different um, than kind of the anxiety or how I classify true anxiety, um, you know. But like, those were situationally driven, 
right? Like if you're standing, um, you know, on the top of a you know, Empire State Building, you look down and you get this feeling like, oh my God, it's like panicky. Like I don't, I wouldn't say, you know, yeah, that that's anxiety. That's a, you know, fear, you know, creeping in, but that's not, you know, sort of your everyday life. That's just a situation. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of how I separate, you know, all this. And when I look at my kind of life and do that self-diagnostic, um, you know, view. So, you know, really it wasn't, I mean, even in college, right? In college, and I went to college in New York City in the early 90s, and it was dark and grimy and dangerous, and I I had, you know, the best time, right? It wasn't like I was afraid to go out my door or be, you know, afraid of getting mugged or whatever whatever it was, right? So I, I, I just setting that stage, I, I just wasn't a anxious kid. Then, I, and I remember specifically where how I kind of view this is that panic attacks really brought on my anxiety attacks, my anxiety and, and that sort of general anxiety that I dealt with. I'd say sometime in my early 20s, let's say I was like 20 maybe, um, or I probably wasn't 20. I remember my first panic attack. I was in college and it came out of nowhere. Like all of a sudden, like you have that tunnel vision. Um, like I felt like, honestly, I felt like I was high, like, or I was like on drugs or something. It just, it, it was a very weird feeling. I remember like kind of like this feeling of like not really being in myself. Um, it, it was really hard to describe, but I felt like something was happening. Went to go get, you know, some water. Like I, I just feel like I, I remember. And, you know, then I think, and again, this is what, 30 years ago. Um, it happened you know, like maybe within the next week again, right? Like there was some sort of time frame. But I remember telling my mother about it and my mother um, recognizing that it was a panic attack. And and to me, I, I remember I, I, I remember vividly, uh, I think she was taking me, she ended up taking me to a doctor or, you know, to prescribe medicine or what, whatever it was. Or, or she was taking me somewhere. I don't know if it was related to this or not. And I remember telling her, I'm like, it was triggered because I smoked a parliament cigarette that that's what it was and because it feel like i was smoking the first panic attack right before it i smoked a cigarette and i associate with that so so from that point on you know like it wasn't really that sort of every day but then as the next few years i mean again you know this is going back 30 years over the next few years that fear that panic attack became more of a daily thing and then what happened was I became so anxious about having a panic attack. That's really where I feel like the anxiety, the, the anxiety attacks, that sort of everyday anxiety really took shape really in my mid-20s. And I will say that, you know, my, my mother, I know she suffered from this in her mid-20s as well. So I think there's some genetics there. Um, but I really remember where I had such a fear of having, it became that I had such a fear of having a panic attack that the anxiety of that kept me so, like, I didn't want to go too far from home. I didn't want to go anywhere. I, I just was, like, kind of, like, so afraid of having a panic attack that that really brought on all the anxiety, right? Like, I was afraid of leaving and then having a panic attack 
which brought on anxiety. And that anxiety really stayed with me. I mean, still to this day, I'd say that the anxiety that I had, the everyday fear became, it just, I think it, it, it really took over my life for the most part. Um, you know, especially in the mid twenties, like, you know, eventually, you know, I would, you know, be able to, you know, go a little further, do something more, but everything was an, was an anxiety inducing event. Um, getting in an elevator, um, getting in, you know, going on a, you know, I didn't fly anywhere, but really, um, like doing anything, everything was a very anxiety driven event. And, and it really, dictated what I did, who I was, um, you know, I would say that it definitely, um, you know, impacted relationships. It just impacted everything. I mean, I think it, it kind of developed kind of who I was because everything was about being afraid of, of just being afraid it, 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 of, of being anxious. And I think that panic attacks brought on the anxiety attacks, which brought on just that general anxiety the you know just just every second waking up and being anxious about everything i think it developed over a couple of years um and it was you know you, you know you get take clonopin you take some medicine and and you have your ups and downs but i would say that it was you know that fear the anxiety really kind of i would almost say changed my dna a little bit where i became afraid of everything um, you know, doing anything, going anywhere, any situation, taking a train, right? And a lot of it is like, okay, well, what if I had a panic attack and I can't get out, right? Like that's, that's was anxiety for me. And I think that's really what, you know, to this day, I still have. I've, I've, you know, I'd probably say that it definitely got less and less. Um, you know, I'm almost 50 and I still deal with that anxiety, the, the fears, I don't like taking elevators, um, you know, but it just, it, it's still there. Um, you know, the anxiety is, is still there. I think a lot of it got better by just doing situations like, okay, if this is an anxiety inducing situation, okay, well, you know, doing it over and over <coughs> would get me numb to it. Right. So then it became less of an anxiety inducing situation. And if it was if it wasn't an anxiety inducing situation, then I wouldn't feel anxious about it. Right. It's like it's like uh, plane rides. Right. You know, the first however many times I flew in a plane in my 20s and 30s, it was incredibly anxiety inducing and panic inducing. Like and it wasn't even about like, you know, turbulence or anything like that. It's just I don't like being in, a, in anywhere where I can't just easily get out and escape. And I think a lot of that is ingrained in me is, is, is because of just that fear of what if I had a panic attack, right? I think eventually you kind of get sick and tired of feeling like that and you push yourself and, you know, like, okay, okay, if I'm going to do, I'm going to do this and then what's the worst that can happen? I'm going to have a panic attack. Okay, well, you know what? It's better than living like this, right? I think that's a big part of this and that's, that's kind of how I kind of approached, um, you know, the sort of dealing with this anxiety and it's... It's hard to communicate what life is like like that, especially, you know, earlier on. I, I, I think, you know, now I've, I've done much better. Um, but, you know, like my wife or, you know, my girlfriend at the time. And it's just hard to like, you know, you're a grown man and you're afraid to do whatever. You know, you're afraid to sit in the middle 
of of an audience because you're it just you don't want to be like well what if this like it really impacts your everyday life and and you know on top of that like you know kind of what i was just saying like like you're also a man right and whether it's right or wrong is irrelevant but this is how i feel right and i'm sure how a lot of people felt anxiety is like okay well i'm i'm you know let's just take a, a movie theater right um, I don't like sitting in the middle because it's not easy for me to get up and get out, right? I want to sit on an aisle because then it's easy escape, right? Okay. Well, I mean, in, at its core, that's a little bit ridiculous. I mean, probably a lot of people feel that way. It's like, okay, it's easy to get up and what have you. But then you have that feeling, but then you also have the feeling like you're also a grown man and like that's, that hits your ego hard, right? It really hits your self-esteem hard. It's like, okay, not only am I dealing with this anxiety, but then I'm also like, you know, a whatever, because I have to sit on an aisle. Like, that really hits your masculinity. And, and you know, that's like one tiny example of just everyday anxiety that, I mean, I still deal with, right? And I think it's much more of a preference, right? Versus, you know, early on, I'm like, I, it just, it just would, I would get sweaty, I'd nervous, like, I just wouldn't enjoy myself. Right. I mean, so there's so much to anxiety that it's so hard to it's so hard to communicate. Like, how do you tell someone? Right. It's like, sorry, I, I, I really can't sit in the middle because of, you know, I, I my fear of having a panic attack or whatever it might be. Like, how do you explain to someone as like a 30 year old? Right. Like, how do you explain it to anyone? Even if like, you know, the most understanding friend or wife or whatever. I mean, like, how, like that's it's embarrassing. Right. So then that adds to everything else. Like, you know, if you're, you know, afraid to fly or whatever it might be, like, it's so, it, it's so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mind F. Right. And, you know, no matter how much you want to change, it's, it's tough because it's so ingrained in who you are. And there's definitely a part of that where in that, you know, in my, you know, the first two episodes, I talk more about me, whereas that, like, I just didn't think I was going to make my 30s. And I think a lot of it was also like, I'm dealing with everyday anxiety and exhausting, getting up and feeling anxious. And like, um, like I used to be anxious about the weather. It's like, okay, what, what if there's a big thunderstorm coming? And then what if it knocks the power out? And like, like everything was anxiety inducing, everything. Is that because it's exhausting living like that? And you get to a certain point, it's like you're just tired of it, right? <coughs> Sneezing. Um, hopefully, <coughs> hopefully, I can figure out how to edit this out. So if I don't, I apologize. But, you know, anxiety is exhausting. And at a certain point where you get, really get tired of just like, living like that and I think for a lot of people and again I'm making broad assumptions just based on my own experience it's like okay well what am I going to do about it am I gonna you know um drown it out with drugs and alcohol or whatever other distractions am I going to end my life is am I gonna try to make it better am I gonna medicate right like there's you gotta you have to figure out a path and I think as at some point you get to that point right um and, and that's something that is is definitely 
you know, it's, it's definitely hard, right? You know, and I saw therapists and what have you, and, you know, they give you, try to give you breathing techniques and what have you. And, and I've dealt, you know, where, uh, you know, viewing, breathe it, you know, uh, view anxiety as like it's a, you know, balloon and you let it go. Like there's visualization and then all that stuff. And I think it works, but I think it's also just so hard to, you know, untrain your brain. Right. And, and, you know, but then, the, you know, the biggest thing for me is, I, I mean, I'll deal with whatever, right? I'll deal with whatever I have to deal with. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, kind of accept it, right? I mean, it is, it is who I am and it just is what it is. Um, even though it's limited my life so much. I mean, my life is great, right? And I mean, I, I just got back from a trip to Europe, right? So, I mean, really, how much has it really limited my life? Now, but I would say that however, however many years, how many, how many situations did I avoid or did I just not do because of that anxiety? How much, how much memories did I miss out on, right? Or relationships or, or early on with my wife or kids, like what did I miss because of my anxiety? And that's a hard, that's a tough, that's a tough pill to swallow, Right. Um, you know, and, and and people say, oh, well, you know, you have, you know, it's just a chemical imbalance or whatever it is that's going on that's causing that. It's not your fault, but it's not, but it's also it my reality, right? And and that's that's a big part of this. And you know, a lot of the things of you know turning fifty, it's like I don't want to be. I don't want to be dealing with anxiety. I don't want to be about like, and it's not being scared. It's just like, I don't want to be hesitant about doing things and living a life. That that's that's kind of where I am. I just don't want that anymore. But I don't know, like, like medication is definitely helps, right? But then you like, but then what are you going to do? You're going to take that all day long, right? I remember being on clonopin. It's like okay, so if you take it. Like just as a part of everyday life, but then at some point you have to get off it, and then when you get off it, well, what's going to happen? That's an anxiety-inducing situation. Or what if you're on, you know, you have this medicine? What if you go somewhere and you forget it? Then that was an anxiety-inducing situation, right? Like there's so much to it. Where, you know, for me, medicine was like I, I can't, like I can't rely on this because I feel like it was almost making things worse. Even though I felt like it was, it was, uh, you know, it, it definitely helped. You know, the, 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 the funny thing is that, you know, when I was talking about, like, people, you know, um, cope with the anxieties different ways. But, like, like, I wouldn't drink because I'm anxious about how I'd feel if I started getting drunk. Think about that, right? Like, that's something that, I mean, a part of why I don't, like, drinking is, is that. It's just being, not being in my, like, kind of self-control, you know, out of uh, control of my faculties right i mean i'm not talking again blackout drunk right but like like these are the things that you know and i could probably list out a hundred different things right but then you know then you know the the biggest part of this really though is that my son my oldest son it, it you know when he was younger he's he's 16 now and he's definitely a lot better he he suffered from serious anxiety like he was afraid of mascots and going and doing things, but like not like your normal like fear, like deathly afraid. 
And he was an anxious kid. And he was anxious about a lot of things. And he overthought things. And I look at that and I'm like, he got that from me. And, you know, and, and that's something where I look at it and I hate myself for giving that to him. Because I look at how much of his young life, you know, did he miss out on because of his anxiety. And, you know, that's a, there's a whole other story about how he picked up playing hockey. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll probably cover that in another episode. But it was one of the most remarkable things I've ever witnessed as a parent is that there was this, you know, my son, when he's five, six-year-old, highly anxious, very anxious. He picked up hockey, right? He just started skating, you know, thinking five, six years old, right? Puts on a helmet, you know, goes to like one of his first lessons and is absolutely fearless, like I'm talking like just attacking the puck and this and doing that. And it blew my wife and my, my mind. Like this kid, this anxious kid, it, it was like you put on a helmet and it was like that fear went away. That, that's a whole nother thing. But um, thankfully, you know, I feel like he's outgrown the, the general anxiety. Um, you know, he was, you know, he went away to school um, when he was, you know, what, last year? So he was what? 15 years old um definitely some anxious situations and he had some moments but you know i feel like that's natural you know you're a teenager you're across the country right like there's a lot of that that yeah there's a lot of kids that probably you know didn't have to deal with that but he you know he dealt with it um you know he took some medicine as needed but he definitely improved and and you know and and i feel like he's not that you know that's not going to carry with him you know and and that's where I guess I'm happy. I, I'm not happy that he went through that early on, but I'm happy that maybe that's not going to impact the rest of his life, right? Like versus me where, you know, it really hit that, you know, in my 20s, where if his was really more like, you know, his 10 and under, then maybe he's past that, right? So, you know, anxiety is, is something that, you know, as I'm turning 50 is, is far less, a part of my life, but it's still there. And I think there's a lot of things that are wired that I am trying to unwire. You know, um, you know, flying is a is a great example. You know, for however many years, flying was the most anxiety inducing. The fear of of flying, being you know, couldn't sleep the night before. Um, you know, getting on a plane, like it just just all that awful. I did it and did it again and did it again and did it again and eventually flying became nothing, right? And and that's something that, you know, that's something where I want to kind of approach a lot of different things, you know, in everyday life and try to push myself. But it's hard. It's hard to push yourself. It's hard to continuously push yourself, right? Like in, in everyday life, it's just, you know, how many battles do you really want to, do you really want to take on, Right? And that's something that I struggle with. And I think a lot of people struggle with. And, you know, whether or not they feel like it's anxiety or if it's panic or whatever it is, you know, it's it's a tough pill to swallow. Um, it's, a, it's also tough to admit it. You have to admit that you're weak. It is. It's a weakness. And, you know, especially as a man, admitting that weakness is not easy. Um, you know, it, it's not. And it's something that it hits you hard. And, you know, I think that's where having 
you know, as you get older, you kind of sort of care less whatever whether people think and, you know, hopefully you build solid relationships with people that you can kind of communicate that to, right? Like, you know, even, you know, I have a great friend who, you know, wanted me to go on these trail runs and hikes and it just, it's so, being in the middle of the woods is so anxiety inducing to me. It's not a fun experience. I missed out on so much time with him because of that. Um... I wish I wish I could have communicated that, and and I could have right like meaning like I know if I told him he would be understanding and empathetic and it wouldn't be a big deal. But it's hard to admit it, um, you know. So it's it's definitely it's definitely something like that's what I, I I don't want that to I don't want that to dictate the next however many years of my life. Um, but I also want to be able to communicate it. I think that's a big part of this as well. Like, I want to, like, listen, I can't do this. And this is why. And that's, that admission is, is tough, right? That admission is real tough. It's, um, but I feel like that's part of the, you know, the healing process. That's part of making it better is admitting it and getting people to understand because then, if you're in a situation that's anxiety inducing and you know someone doesn't know that it's anxiety inducing for you to like what's wrong with this guy or or he doesn't want to spend time with me that's that's the that's the they will you know in that friend example like I, I I hope he knows that it wasn't me blowing him off because I didn't want to spend time with him right so then it's like I'm thinking about well the impact it has on other people or it's like oh well you know uh, if my want, wife wants me to go do whatever and I'm just, I can't do it, I can't do it. And maybe she starts thinking, well, he doesn't want to do this with me. That's not the case. I can't do it. Or I, I, I feel like I can't do it. Right? So I feel like this, you know, the healing process is it, it takes time. It takes time. And I think you, people need, need to be able to talk to people about it and talk through a situation. And like, you know, even if it's, you know, going to, even if it's like, okay, this, this situation makes me feel really anxious and I don't think I can even come close to doing it. Well, what's the plan B, right? Like, you know, it's the uh, concert example. Like, okay, being in the middle of a massive crowd is anxiety inducing and is going to cause me not to enjoy myself, right? So then I want to do it. Okay, well, what's the plan B there? Well, the plan B is, well, go on the outside. You don't have to be in the midst of everybody. Be on the outside, Right? I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it'd be great if you were up front in front of, you know, and dealing with that. But, like, if you're not going to enjoy yourself, why subject yourself to that? So here's the plan B. Be at the concert. Stand to the side. Find some space. Be separate from everyone. Who cares? Right? That's, that's the, the, that's what you need to do. Is if there's something that's holding you back, find the plan B. Right? If it's hiking makes you anxious. Okay. Well, what of it? What of what of it is is anxiety inducing? Is it being in the middle of nowhere? Okay, well maybe choose hikes that aren't that way, right? Or um, making sure that you know where you, whatever hike you do has cell phone service or whatever it is, right? Like, and, and I'm not saying that's not a good way to live, but it's better than not doing it. And then you do that, right? Like you know, you just use the hiking example. It's like okay, well how about we do this hike that's you know much you know probably le less of a hike. But it makes me much more comfortable, so I'm able to do it. Then you do that, you know, a few times. And like, okay, well, let me try another one and another one. And then eventually you get to that, like, you know, that middle of nowhere hike, right? You build up to it because you build that comfort level. 
that's really what this is about. This is what it, it, it's for everyone. It's, it's, you have to figure out what is that, what is that trigger to kind of push you forward. And unfortunately, it just, it just takes time. But I can tell you or anyone that anxiety might, you might not be cured of it, but it goes away and it gets minimal. And that's what I want. I want it to be minimal. I don't think I'll ever be anxiety free, but I want it to be where it's not dictating my life. And I feel like I'm on that path. I feel like I'm on that path because of, you know, of being sick and tired of it, just forcing myself, just age, whatever it is. I think that's really what this is about. And that's where, you know, I feel like anxiety is a, there's an epidemic of anxiety. And it's so tough to admit it. And it's so tough to talk about. And that's the problem of why it's an epidemic is because it's got to be held internally. And it's definitely something that, you know, people need to understand. They need to understand what you're going through to help you go through it. And that is such a big leap of faith. And it's so much easier said than done. But I hope, I, 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 that's one of the things, I wish I could be there for anyone dealing with anxiety. You have anxiety, text me, call me, to email me. Let me know and let me help you work through it. And not from a psychologist, therapist level, just from someone that, that dealt with it, has been with it. That's, that's what I would love to do. So anyway, I'm going to end there. I'm sure in future podcasts, I'm going to talk about this. Um, this was episode three. This was purely about anxiety. And I hope if you found this podcast, you listened to it and and it helped or helped made you think or if you're dealing with someone who has anxiety i i hope somehow this brought, uh, brought some sort of value and that's it 